0: Well, this morning we're going to do something quite different, both here at the Southwood Campus and Brian over at the Anderson Campus. Uh, We'd like to share with you guys what you might call a state of the church this morning, state of Grace Bible Church, kind of like a state of the union address. Uh, We want to tell you about what God is doing at Grace Bible Church, in particular, a couple things we want to talk about. Number one, we want to talk about who we are as a church. Who has God made Grace Bible Church to be over the last 45 years of our history? We're going to talk about uh, our mission and our identity and our history of how God has worked here. And then second, we want to talk about where we are going. What are the next steps that God has for Grace Bible Church? The elders and staff have been talking a lot about that in recent months and we want to share that with you the next steps that God is calling Grace Bible Church to take. So uh, that's where we're going this morning. Now, some of you may wonder why. Why not just a a normal sermon this Sunday morning? The easiest way to explain why we're doing a state of the church address uh, is a little illustration for one of my favorite movies, The Bourne Identity. Uh, For those of you who have seen that movie, you know um, Jason Bourne wakes up on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea with complete amnesia. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he's from. He doesn't know where he's headed. And because of that amnesia, uh, he spends most of the movie in a state of, of fear and uncertainty and doubt. Well, that same thing can happen to churches. That same thing happens, we call it organizational amnesia. Churches can forget who they are, where they come from, and where they're headed. And when that happens, when a church forgets, a church begins to drift. They drift away from the will of God. They become short-sighted and self-centered and ineffective for his kingdom. You see that actually through the whole history of Israel. If you look at the Old Testament, you will see that every time that Israel ended up in rebellion to God, it always began with forgetfulness. That's where rebellion always begins. We simply forget. What God has done in the past, what he's called us to do in the future, when we forget, we become ineffective. Well, we don't want that to happen here at Grace. So from time to time, we're going to interrupt our sermon series and give you guys an update, a refresher on who Grace Bible Church is and what God has called us to do. That's what this morning is about. And as part of that, this morning, I'm going to give you a lot of information. I'm going to give you a lot of data about our church, a lot of numbers. But when you boil them all down, really what it's all about this morning is the faithfulness of God. This morning, we are going to celebrate God's faithfulness to us in the past, and we're going to anticipate God's faithfulness to us in the future. So that's what this morning is all about, the faithfulness of God. Let's start in the past. Let's start by by discussing who God has made us to be, who we are as a church. Grace Bible Church has now been around for more than 45 years. Who has God in that time made us as a church to be? Let's start with the the most basic question. What is the mission that he's given us? God has given us the same mission as a church that he has given, given to every church on the planet. It's a mission that is encapsulated in two statements, two commands from the Lord of the church, from Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. He gave us two directives. The first is a very famous passage called the Great Commandment. Matthew 22, Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God. With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So Jesus says the number one priority of every one of my churches all across the planet is love God as your highest priority and love others above yourself. That's the first directive we receive from our Lord. The second is found also in the book of Matthew. Some of the last words of Jesus Christ on earth, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus came up and spoke to them, that is the disciples, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Jesus, our Lord, commands us to go to all the nations and raise up disciples who will follow him. Now, those two directives are not separate, um, unconnected commands. Actually, they're they're two sides of the same coin. You can summarize Jesus' directives to the church under the term discipleship. It all comes down to discipleship. A disciple is a maturing and multiplying worshiper of Jesus Christ. That's the easiest way to summarize a disciple. A maturing worshiper of Jesus Christ. They're growing in their love for God. They love God. They love Jesus above all else. And multiplying. They love others so they are passing on to others all that they have received from God. They're multiplying their discipleship in the lives of others. That's what Jesus has called our church and every church to do. That's what we're about. Making disciples. Raising up, maturing, and multiplying worshippers of Jesus Christ. That's the same mission that every church has. God has given every church that mission. But God has also given to every local church a a distinctive identity, something that sets every local church apart from every other local church. You could call it a, a church's DNA. So so what is our DNA at Grace Bible Church? Well, our distinctives flow out of four pillars, four emphases that that our church was founded upon over 45 years ago. These are what our church was built upon. The first pillar of our distinctive identity is the grace of God. We emphasize the grace of God. That's why we have the name we do, Grace Bible Church, because we wanna put right out there at the front, we can't say too much about grace. We put it in our name. We are firmly convinced That God's gift of salvation comes to us as an absolutely free gift with no strings attached. There are no strings attached to the gospel, not on the front end, not on the back end. There are no conditions. It is an absolutely free gift. We cannot say too highly and too often that the gift of God's salvation is absolutely free. There's nothing we have to do for it. And it's a gift that is freely offered to all of humanity, not just the elect, but to all. Jesus died for the sins of all human beings. And that gift of grace is not just about getting to heaven. God's grace is the foundation for everything good in our lives. Everything good here at Grace Bible Church, everything good in your own individual life flows out of the grace of God. Everything good about us is a gift from God. There's nothing good in your life that you can take credit for because it all comes from grace. Everything good comes from God. So we cannot speak too frequently about the grace of God. That's a a pillar that our church was founded upon. Second pillar, the word of God. Now, hopefully all churches are preaching the word of God. That's kind of what we do. But God has, I think, particularly called Grace Bible Church to emphasize the word of God. We not only preach the word of God, we don't not only teach the word of God in our small groups, but our goal at Grace Bible Church is a little different than most churches Our goal is not just to teach you the word of God. Our goal is to teach you how to study and apply the word of God for yourself. We're not content to just feed you the word of God on a weekly basis. Our goal is that every single person here this morning would become a capable and equipped student of the word of God so you can feed yourself. Our prayer is that wherever you go from here, you can study and understand and apply the word of God for yourself. You don't need me, you don't need Brian, you don't need any elder, you can do it on your own. That's the goal, to equip you to be a fully formed student of the word of God. That's the second pillar of our church. Third pillar, students and families together. Students and families worshiping together. We are uh, what you might call a university family church, kind of a rare model of church. We have about 50-50 students and adults here at Grace Bible Church, and that's by choice. There's a strategic reason for that. We we have a, a strategic focus on college students. We believe that college students are going to be the leaders of business and government and religion and science and society in the years to come. It is college students that are going to shape the world of tomorrow. So we want to reach them. We want to reach these strategic leaders of the world. Furthermore, we believe that college is this really unique, really special time in a person's life where they are open to talk about God where they're open to consider the gospel, where they're willing to completely reorient their lives around Jesus's priorities. It's it's college students that are typically most receptive to the Great Commission. They're the ones who are willing to abandon everything and follow the Lord wherever he calls. So for that reason, we believe college students are a strategic priority for our church. We believe that God has called Grace Bible Church uniquely, to raise up a surplus of gifted and equipped godly college age leaders for the church worldwide. That's what we believe our distinctive identity is. We're gonna raise up a surplus of college age leaders, not just to meet our own needs, but to send all over the world because it's college students that are gonna shape the world for tomorrow. So we are focused on college students. I like how one of our founding elders put it, Dick Davison, one of the first guys here at Grace Bible Church. He said, if Grace Bible Church is called to wage war against the kingdom of Satan, then college students are the tip of our spear. Because it's college students that can go out. It's college students who can do the most damage to the kingdom of Satan all over the world. Okay, so we focus on college students, but we're not a university church. We're not a church just of college students. We're a university family church. We believe that the only way you can reach college students is through adults. Through single and married, godly mature adults who give of themselves to raise up mature college students. That's what this church has always been founded upon, godly adults, godly families who are pursuing the Lord and willing to sacrifice of themselves to raise up college students to send out. That's why we're a university family church, bringing students and adults and families together to worship and serve the Lord. That's how we'll change this world for Jesus Christ, is by having mature adults and families who raise up college students. So that's what we're about that's pillar number three pillar number four we are sacrificially committed to world missions now hopefully every church is engaged in world missions but we take that really really seriously here at grace there's actually a story early in the history of grace bible church uh, the church could not yet pay the full salary of their pastor they only had one pastor at the time they couldn't pay his full salary but they still felt called by god to give to missionaries they were giving to missionaries before they were paying their own pastors' salaries. Now, fortunately, God has blessed the church today that that uh, choice is not having to be made at the moment, which is a blessing to me. Um, but <laughs> I love that our church was founded with that mentality. We're going to give till it hurts to the effort of World Missions. And we do. We give a very large percentage of our budget to World Missions. We send a lot of people overseas. We currently are supporting 78 full-time families and single adults all over the world huge number, 78. Just this last month on this stage and the stage over at Anderson, we commissioned more than 300 of our own students and adults to go all over the place this summer. We have some of them headed to East Asia, Africa, Europe, Central America. They're going all over the place for us this summer. We're really excited about that because God has called our church to be sacrificially devoted to the effort of world missions. Now, what we have seen at Grace Bible Church over our history is that as we have faithfully clung to these four pillars, God has faithfully blessed our efforts. If you look back at the history of the church, you will see God moving in incredible ways. God has blessed Grace Bible Church far beyond what the founding members could have ever imagined. And so uh, let me just review a little of that history for you just a little bit a lot of you may not be aware of of where we've come from grace bible church was founded actually in the city of bryan in 1965 Back in the 70s, we moved to the Anderson Campus, the Anderson location. Uh, We were excited about that because it was close to the university, so that really fit our distinctive DNA. Uh, We built what is now currently the college auditorium, the old auditorium. That's where the whole church met. The quickly outgrew that space, so we built a gym. Quickly outgrew that space, so in the early 90s, we built the the new big building across the street at Anderson. Well, it, it was no time at all before that was filled, too the church was completely out of room. Uh, Grace Bible Church became what we would call the church of the tenacious. The only people who came to grace were the people who were willing to put up with the headache of parking because it was a nightmare to try to get in the doors on Sunday morning. And so in the mid-90s, the elders of our church began to, to talk and pray and strategize, how can we ease the crowding at grace? How can we ease the crowding here at at Anderson? And so they prayed about that, they they strategized about that, they began talking about selling off the Anderson campus and buying a bunch of land and building a huge new building out on the highway. So uh, they looked at that model, they prayed about that, they talked about that. That conversation started and stopped, started and stopped, started and stopped for like a decade. They just kept praying and seeking the Lord and, and they got no green light. God didn't open any doors to move that way. He did not give them a green light to move down that that path. And there was a reason. The reason that God kept, kept pausing that discussion, the reason that God didn't give them an answer is he wanted the elders to come to a new realization. He wanted our elders to understand that at Grace Bible Church, we shouldn't be talking about how to ease the crowding. That's not what God cares about. God believes that if we are effective at fulfilling our mission, then Grace Bible Church will always be crowded. It is a good thing to be crowded. So he didn't want us talking about how to ease crowding. What he wanted us to talk about is how to multiply. He helped our elders come to the realization that the central issue for our church and any church is not how to ease crowding, it's how to multiply. How do we multiply worship services? How do we multiply small groups? How do we multiply leaders? That's what we're called to do, to multiply. And so if we're called to multiply, if that's what our church is all about, if that's what God's direction is for us in the future, if it's all about multiplication, then how do you do that best? Well, the elders realized really quickly, you don't do it by selling the Anderson campus. It's right next to A&M. Why would you sell that place? So they felt like we needed to keep Anderson, but we also needed to multiply somewhere else. How do we do that? Well, in the, just a few years ago, when they reached that conclusion, God brought a new idea to us, a new movement going on in the church. There were some books written about it, an idea we'd never heard about called multisite. You have one church worshiping in multiple locations. And we began to research that idea, and we came to understand that multi-site would allow us as a church to truly multiply. We could multiply the worship services so we have more opportunities for people to come in. At the same time, we can multiply staff. We can multiply leaders. We can multiply opportunities. We get to have all of these places where people are meeting and worshiping and growing in the Lord. And yet at the same time that you're multiplying, you get to enjoy the benefits of a big church. We have one elder board. We have one budget. We have one personnel department. We have the ability to, use very gifted people to serve both campuses. Colin actually leads our worship ministry at both campuses because he's really skilled. So we get the benefits of both a big church and a small church all in one. But when when God opened our eyes to this new model, uh, we we were quickly convinced, the the elders and the staff and the whole church family knew this was the direction God wanted us to go. As soon as we were on board with God's plan, God dumped this place in our laps. Literally, we got the Southwood facility for a sweet deal. We were able to open it August 2008. We're incredibly uh, grateful for what God did in his faithfulness. Okay, so that was August 2008. Uh, Let me just kind of fill you in on what has happened since then. So we've been going less than three years as a multi-site church. Uh, Let's start with the Anderson campus. Back in 2008, about 150, 200 people left Anderson to come help start Southwood. Anderson filled back up immediately. So on a a given Sunday, they're pretty much at capacity. They've got about 2,000 people in their main services, about 700 in their college services, about 140 in their youth services. That gives them a total of about 2,800 in worship on a given Sunday. Here at Southwood, we also have seen significant growth. When we started fall 2008, we had on average about 275 in this room and about 130 in the college wing over there. That gave us about 400 students and adults on a typical Sunday. Well, this last spring, just looking at the numbers a few months ago, we're now averaging about a little over 700 in this room on a Sunday morning, a little over 330 in the college room. Uh, we've now launched a, a youth service here as well. That's giving us about uh, a little over 1,050 in worship here at Southwood each Sunday. Now, it's interesting. I'll share with you when we were thinking about launching this service, 11 o'clock main service here at Southwood, I, and I'll confess, I was one of them. and a number of staff were worried that it was going to cannibalize our college service at 11 o'clock. We had all these college students meeting right over there. What are we going to do? We're just going to rob from them. Well, we felt the Lord calling us to launch. We launched it. What we actually found is that the 11 o'clock grew. All of you have come. And at the same time, the college class grew 73% this last year. 73% growth, even though we've launched this service. So uh, apparently my faith is not big enough. That was my lesson for the year. I need to trust God when he calls us to do something because he will provide. That's what he has done as Grown Grace Bible Church incredibly over this last year. You combine the two campuses together, that gives us about 4,000 people in worship on a given Sunday morning here at Grace, students and adults. Now, as significant as that is, people coming on a Sunday morning, the real measure of growth is how many people you have in small groups. Small groups is where discipleship happens. Small groups is where people grow in their walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, This last semester, we had about a thousand adults in adult small groups, men's and women's Bible studies, home churches, uh, things of that nature. We had almost 800 college students in college Bible studies, over 200 youth in Bible studies. That gives us a total of almost 2,000 students and adults in Bible studies here at Grace Bible Church. That's a good number. That's about 50% of a Sunday morning. Uh, We'd like that number to grow. The goal for any church, is 100%. You'd like them all. You'd like all of us to be in small groups, but we're excited. That's that's definitely an increase. So we're seeing God work in our small group ministries. And because God is bringing so many people on Sunday mornings, and because God is maturing so many people in small groups, we have seen a, a similar growth of our budget just to give you some perspective back in 2000 our annual budget for our entire church was 1.2 million that's what god provided for us well by about 2007 2008 that number had doubled we were up to about 2.5 million as of this last year he provided 3.3 million so we've seen dramatic growth over the last 10 years at what God has done for us financially. But uh, really what I, what I want you to notice is how we've grown recently. It's interesting when you, you look at just what's happening with the recession in our, uh, in our nation right now. When you look at businesses or churches, they're almost all the same. A lot of growth and then 2007 hits and it comes back down. At Grace, it's, it's not that at all. We have grown by basically the same amount every year a dramatic amount 150 to 300,000 I think every year that God has grown us including these last few years of the recession. God is doing great things here. Miraculous things. I don't know where that money's coming from. It's incredible what he is doing. God is proving faithful to us even in the midst of a recession. He's growing us by leaps and bounds. So when we look at our past, we see nothing but the faithfulness of God. For 45 years he has blessed us extravagantly. He has done with Grace Bible Church far beyond what the founding members could have ever imagined. I I don't believe they could have ever imagined what's going on here with multiple campus and 4,000 people coming out on a Sunday morning. God has proven incredibly faithful and that leads us, it prepares us for our next question this morning. Uh, What does God's proven faithfulness in the past compel us to do in the future? God has proven faithful for 45 years. What does his faithfulness compel us to do in the next few years? What are the next steps that God has for Grace Bible Church? Well, that's the question that the elders and pastors have been wrestling and discussing for the last few months. All spring, that's been our topic of discussion. What are the next steps for Grace Bible Church? And we believe that God has led us to, to a vision, to clarity about his next two steps for Grace Bible Church that are gonna guide us this upcoming year and, and really probably for some years after that. So uh, Vision 2011, where God is taking us this next step or this next year is summed up in two complementary steps. They fit together. The first step that God wants us to take as a church this coming year is he is calling us as a church to strengthen our foundation. He's calling us as a church to press forward in maturity. Now, all those numbers that I put up on the board, the growth of Sunday morning, the growth of our budget, all of that stuff, that's all really great news. We're really excited about that. And yet, we have a lot of new people who are coming to Grace Bible Church now. For that reason, we need to think about solidifying our foundation. Drawing everybody together who comes to either campus at grace, and really all of us growing together in our maturity as disciples. Uh, we want this next year, we want kind of our, our banner cry to be what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians. He's talking here to a, a remarkably mature church, but look what he says. Finally, then, brethren. We request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more. I think that's God's vision for our church next year. He wants us to excel still more. We're not aware of any glaring problems with our church, any glaring gaps. We've, we've seen God do amazing things already here, but he's calling us to move forward, to press forward, to excel still more. He's calling us to move forward towards the goal that Paul lays out in Colossians 1. We proclaim him, that is Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. That's what God wants for you this coming year. That's what God wants for our church this coming year, that we would make measurable progress in our growth into the completeness of Jesus Christ, that we would in measurable and noticeable ways become more like Jesus this year. That's what God is calling us to do, press forward in maturity. How do we do that? A couple practical things that God is calling us to do as part of this step. The first is to pray, to pray like crazy. Believe God is calling our church to rededicate ourselves to prayer and and specifically praying that God would strengthen our foundation, praying that God would mature us, that he would mature our adults, our families, our students, our kids, our children, that he would bring about maturity. It's the prayer that Paul modeled for us in Colossians 1. He prayed, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I think what Paul is helping us to understand here, I'm gonna give you a bunch of numbers this morning and yet I don't want all of my numbers to, to lull you into a sense that somehow this church is a business that we're a business that produces spiritual maturity, as if we push a button on an assembly line and mature disciples pop out. Spiritual maturity is not a man-made process. You cannot manufacture it. Spiritual maturity is supernatural. Only God can grow followers of Jesus Christ. And so if that's true, if only God can strengthen our foundation, if only God can grow us in the likeness of his son, then we should pray as if we believe it. We should pray as if God's the only one who can bring about the change we desperately desire. So we need to be praying for one another. Let me give you a few specific ideas. I encourage you, pray for our maturity as a body. Pray for the people you know. Pray for the people you don't know. Pray for the kids and children's ministry. Pray that God would do a great work this year. Pray that God would open our eyes to see the things that are lacking in each of our our lives as individuals. That he would help us see sin that we haven't dealt with that he would help us see things that we haven't yet turned over to him, that God would would do something amazing with us as a body this coming year, that he would really grow us in maturity. Second, please pray for our protection. What you find when you look through scripture is that Satan's primary target is believers who are doing God's work. He really doesn't care about believers who are self-interested. They're already doing their own thing. Why mess with them? Now he comes after believers who are following Jesus, believers who are pursuing maturity, who are seeking to multiply. That's his target. So please pray for our protection. Pray for the protection of everyone in this church. Pray for the protection of your elders, your deacons, your staff. We believe that Satan is coming after us as individuals. He's coming after our families, our spouses, our kids. Please pray for God's protection. And third, pray for God's wisdom. We're not sure exactly what all God has in store for us in the years ahead. We believe that it's big. Please pray that God would give wisdom, that he would give insight, that he would help us to see what he desires. Okay, so first step in strengthening our foundation is to pray like we mean it. Second is to seek equipping. To be equipped. We believe that 2011 needs to be the year of equipping for us as a church. We need to be equipped individually. We need new people to be equipped. We need our kids to be equipped. We need everyone to be equipped as disciples of Jesus Christ. We need to grow. Uh, It's interesting. You look at Hebrews 5. The author says, But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Now, we just said that spiritual growth is something that God creates. He's responsible for it. And yet Hebrews 5 reminds us that doesn't divorce us of responsibility. We are responsible for our spiritual growth. God is the one who produces the growth, but we're responsible to work, to practice, to make efforts towards equipping, to make efforts towards growth. 2011 should be the year where we are each individually taking efforts, dedicating time to our spiritual growth. Okay, so we want to really be dedicating ourselves to equipping a few specific things that we've got going on at the church this year to help us be equipped. Number one, we're getting ready to launch a new children's ministry curriculum. This fall, we're going to launch a whole new curriculum that's different than anything we've done before. It's called Orange. Uh, we're going to roll it out and explain it and teach it to you, actually, on a Sunday morning in August. It's totally different than anything we've done before because it's not just for the kids. Uh, It's curriculum for children's ministry, and yet it also includes for every week, for every lesson, curriculum for the parents. It's designed to train us and draw us as parents into the discipleship process of our kids. We, as the parents, are the primary people responsible to pass on our faith to our kids. This curriculum is going to train us how to do that. So we're really excited about it. We're excited about getting us as parents involved in the discipleship of our kids, getting parents and kids on the same track. So we're going to roll out that curriculum for you in August so that you can see it and you can begin to use it in your home with your kids. That's the first thing we're doing this year. Second, we're working really hard to clarify our our adult discipleship model. In the coming months, we're going to lay out for you guys a model of what discipleship looks like. And model is kind of a weird word. What do we mean by that? It's going to be a a relatively simple list that helps you to quantify, to understand what does it mean? What does it look like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What does a mature disciple look like? You'll look at this list and it will help you see, okay, where are the areas where I'm falling short? It will help you to assess your own life. And then for each thing that it lists, it will give uh, specific things that you can do to work on that area. Specific curriculum you can move through, specific ministries you can be involved in, specific things that you can do, specific spiritual disciplines you can practice to grow in whatever areas are lacking in your life. The whole goal of this model is to help every one of us take ownership of our discipleship to take ownership of our maturation as followers of Jesus Christ. So we have that uh, in, it's getting ready to roll out to you guys, not quite ready yet. In the meantime, as we put that together, it's very clear that one of the first steps for all believers is to go through the essentials, to go through the essential truths and skills of the Christian faith. And we have a lot of new people here at Grace. So this summer, what we're gonna do, Brian and I at both campuses, we're gonna dedicate this summer to the essentials curriculum. On Sunday mornings, we're going to take you through the essentials. It's 10 lessons on the foundational truths and skills of the Christian life. Uh, We're excited to walk you guys through this. I think it's going to be uh, really beneficial to everybody here. Now, I recognize there's some of you out there who've been through this before. Maybe you've been through it a couple times before. And you look at that and say, oh man, we're going to do it again. Well, my challenge to you as you go through it again this summer, I encourage you to go through it with this goal. I want to look at it again. I want to review it again. I want to study it again so I can give it to someone else. Remember, that's what a disciple is, a maturing and multiplying worshiper of Jesus Christ. If you've been through essentials before, then use this summer as an opportunity to learn how to teach it to someone else. We want you guys to be able to go from here and just repeat what we say, be able to use what we say to lead others in their discipleship. So it's meant for everybody, whether you've been through it or not. We'd love to have you go through it with us. You'll notice there's a a blue sheet in your bulletin this morning that that prepares you for this series coming up this summer, uh, walks you through the the schedule will be on the website. Um, But in addition, we have the Bible study itself on our website. If you go to grace you go to downloads, Bible studies, essentials. You can download this Bible study for free. It's a PDF file. You can follow along with us. If you'd rather have it in hard copy, you can buy a hard copy for $10 in the church office at any time. So we'd love to have you guys go through this with us. We think it'll be helpful for you. We think it'll be incredibly helpful also for those whom you're discipling, whom you're passing your faith on to. Really excited about that this summer. Finally, third uh, specific thing that we're going to be doing to help us uh, equip people here at Grace Bible Church, we're hopefully going to be adding some space. We are out of space. We have a very practical need in our children's ministry, especially here at Southwood. Not sure if you're aware of this, but during the spring semester in particular, almost every Sunday at the 915 service, all or, or at least part of the nursery had to be closed because it was full. And once it's closed, we had to begin turning away families coming with kids. That's not good. <laughs> we don't want to turn away families who are coming to worship with us. And, and as children's ministry fills up, children are the number one priority, so they begin to cannibalize all your other space in the church. So at both campuses, we're running out of space for our youth, and we're running out of space for our adults. One of our best ministries here at Grace is adult Bible fellowships. Sunday morning gatherings around the Word in a small group. We don't have any room to launch new ABFs because we are out of space. Now, fortunately, we can fix this problem by adding some portable buildings at both campuses. We feel like that's God's next step for us, an immediate step. We'd like to do it yesterday if we could. We'd like to add a couple portable buildings at both campuses to provide room for our kids, our youth, our adults. Now to pull that off, that's going to require a couple hundred thousand dollars. So we're praying and seeking those who would give to that effort to make that happen so that we can have enough space for all whom God is bringing to us. So very specific step as we seek to equip our congregation to walk with the Lord. So that's step number one, to strengthen our foundation. But we're not strengthening our foundation. We're not seeking maturity just for our own benefit. The reason that we are maturing as disciples of Jesus Christ is to prepare us for step number two, to multiply. We believe that God is calling us to multiply, to extend his grace further in the world. Okay, so we believe 2011, we need to be thinking about multiplication. Now, some of you were here when we launched Southwood and you think to yourself, man, this has been really tiring. (laughs) Two and a half years to launch this, this great effort, this new site. And Blake, you're already talking about multiplication again. We just got this thing up and running. Why would we be thinking about multiplication again? Well, because just to remind you, there are still tens of thousands of lost, dying, unreached people right here in the Brazos Valley. There's still tens of thousands of people who don't have the gospel, and that's in addition to billions of people around the world who don't have the gospel, who aren't walking as disciples with Jesus Christ. For that reason, we must multiply. Jesus has called us to reach every nation on the earth with his gospel. Until that task is complete, we must multiply We must continue to multiply our efforts so that we can reach more and more people with the gospel of God's grace and help them grow as his disciples. When you look at how churches function, there are only two roads for a church to walk. Every church is either heading towards multiplication or death. There is no middle ground. Of those two options, we prefer the first. So we're going to continue to pursue the Lord's will by seeking opportunities to multiply. And particularly what what we think God is calling us to do in 2011 in in this multiplication effort is three things. Three things to help us extend his grace. First, we believe he's calling us very intentionally to prepare for our next site to prepare to launch the next Southwood. Now, we're not ready to do that. Particularly, we're not ready financially to do that. Uh, A couple things that I believe God is calling, or that our elders believe God is calling us as a church to do in 2011, first of all, to begin to pay it forward towards the next site. This budget year, for the first time, we're going to dedicate a a percentage of the surplus of the general fund budget to a pay-it-forward savings account. So basically, we're gonna take whatever excess you know, is above our expenses and set that aside to begin to save for launching the next site. Okay, so we believe God's calling us to pay it forward. Second, we believe God is calling us to make real headway this year in paying down our debt. We currently, as a whole church, have a debt of 3.1 million that we have incurred to launch the Southwood facility. We've actually, it was bigger than that. We've paid it down to 3.1 million. That's not a bad debt. Actually, that's very reasonable debt for a church of our size with an annual budget of $3.3 million. $3.1 million is really not that big, but you all know debt limits what you can do in the future. The bigger the debt, the more limitations on you. And so we believe that God is calling us as a church to reduce that debt so that whenever God calls us to the next site, whenever he drops the next southward in our laps, we will be ready to jump. We'll be ready to follow him wherever he leads by paying down that debt. So that's a big part of our goal for 2011 is to make real progress in paying down our debt so that we will be ready when God directs us to plant again, to launch the next site. Uh, That's the first step. Second step, in addition to preparing for the next site, we believe in 2011, God is calling us to speak our message, to take major steps towards speaking our message to this world. Um, the, The four pillars that we were founded upon, an emphasis on the freeness of grace, an emphasis on the word of God, a university family church, uh, and an emphasis on world missions. Those four things together, um, you don't see a lot of churches in America with those four pillars. You don't see a lot of churches in America pursuing those things. We're, We're not unique, we're not the only ones, but it's relatively rare in the church in America. For that reason, we are seeing more and more churches and individuals look to Grace Bible Church as a source of teaching and curriculum and resources for a grace-oriented university family church. There are more and more people turning to Grace Bible Church to be the voice of grace to this world. Uh, Let me share just some statistics with you. These were mind-blowing when I heard them. Here's what we're seeing, Uh, just a few things that are representative. Uh, We've been tracking visits to our websites. Last year, 2010, we had 94,000. That was a 17% increase in website traffic that we've seen in a year. Um, That's relatively small compared to the next thing. Uh, Our sermons, we've seen 70,000 sermons downloaded in 2010. Seventy thousand, that's a fifty two percent increase in one year uh, of people who are downloading and listening to our sermons. It's interesting you can track where those sermons are going to. The biggest country on the list is America, not surprising. Second biggest is China. Place that I, I can't go preach in China, but they'll download sermons. They will listen to our sermons. They will receive that teaching. It's amazing what God is doing. It's actually something like 202 countries on the list that are downloading our sermons or downloaded them in 2010. Now, that's a whole bunch of numbers. Let me share an actual story with you so you understand what God's doing with our church. Here is an email that was received by one of our college pastors uh, about one of the sermons that he did. I just wanted to email you to say thank you so much for your sermons. I live in Lebanon, Oregon, so a pretty good distance from your church and college. I wish I could say thank you in person. I discovered Grace Bible Sermons on iTunes, and so now I listen to your podcast on the long drives to school. Recently, I was in a great amount of despair because my religion class was turning my faith into a myth. Little by little, I began to question the Bible and its truths, its miracles and prophets. It hurt because everything I had known felt like it was slipping out from under me. Then behold, one day I was looking through my downloads and you had begun your hard questions series. You helped some of my deepest questions to be calmed. You helped to renew my faith, beginning with the foundation. It was just in time. So again, I am just so grateful for your knowledge because I can trust that it is his. Thank you for doing the work of the Lord and speaking his truth. That's a student up in Oregon who is probably never going to visit our church. And yet he heard one of our college pastor's sermons and it took his faith from crisis to maturity. That's literally just one of countless examples I could share with you of people who are being blessed by the teaching ministry all around the world of Grace Bible Church. So we see God doing amazing things with the teaching ministry here. We also see God doing amazing things with our our Bible studies. We've currently got 16 Bible studies up on our website. In 2010, they were downloaded 24,000 times. That's a 55% increase over just one year before. Now again, we can track where they're going. Many are going to America, but we've got many going to China. We've got many going to Ghana, Africa, actually. There's a pastoral training ministry there that uses our resources. We began to track it and have found that there are 25 to 30 churches or parachurch ministries all around the world that are using our materials as their small group ministry resources. So there's churches all over the place. We don't even know about a lot of them. They just start using our materials for their church. Uh, Let me share another email with you so that this isn't just numbers Here's what one of our former leaders wrote who has gone off to start a ministry up in Michigan. She says, "'We have been so, so blessed "'by all the inductive studies "'you all have worked so hard on and posted online. "'Thank you is not enough. "'I led both the Philippians and 1 Peter studies, "'and Greg led Titus to a group of 20-somethings "'at our church, Crossroads Bible "'in Grand Rapids, Michigan.'" They were incredibly hungry for the word and I was blown away by how God drew them in and opened their hearts to the mysteries and the majesty of his word. Some are even doing the Ephesians study on their own this summer. That's just one of of literally many emails I have in my inbox from, from some are former students. Some are people who've never come to grace. They don't even know where we're located and they're using the materials of this church for the ministry of their church. It's really incredible to see what God is doing. Now, I share these statistics. I share this stuff with you guys, not to promote your church staff, but really to thank you. It is because of your sacrificial giving that this has been possible. It's because you make it possible here at the church for many of us on staff to write and to preach and to teach and to produce these resources. That is why Grace Bible Church is becoming an equipping church for the church worldwide. Now what's amazing is that this last year we saw literally tens of thousands of people and churches use our sermons and use our Bible study resources and that was after we invested absolutely no effort in marketing or disseminating our stuff. The only thing we've done is put our stuff on our website. That's all we've done. We've put no effort into getting it out there to the world and already there's tens of thousands of people using it. Just imagine what God will do when we put some effort into this. That's what we feel called to do, to really begin to do in 2011. We feel called to begin to more intentionally speak his message to this world, to share the teaching and the resources that he's given us with people all over the world. In particular, a few things that we're going to do. We're going to invest some resources in really improving our webpage, launching a new web page that will be more usable by people all around the world. We're going to invest more staff and volunteer hours at writing and producing curriculum and resources and articles and training material for the church worldwide. We're going to dedicate real, real money, real efforts to this because we believe this is probably one of the most efficient ways you can multiply your church. Don't have to go build a building at all. Just put the stuff online and people get to use it all over the world. So we're going to really begin to put great efforts into this one. Okay, third specific thing that fits under multiplication this next year. God is calling us to grow our internship program. You, you may not be aware. We have a very large and growing internship program at Grace Bible Church. Uh, over the years, we have had many people go through it. Uh, mostly it's college interns, but we also have interns in youth and in missions, a number of different departments. Uh, we kind of have kept track of it. Over the last 16 years, we have had 50 people go through our college intern program. And of those 50, here are just some of the numbers, there's 11 of them that are currently in seminary. There are seven that are on the overseas mission field. There are nine that are working at a church in some capacity or seeking a job there. There's one that is pursuing Christian counseling. Five are in parachurch ministries in the States, ranging from Campus Crusade to Children's Relief Network. There are three who are stay-at-home moms. There are 14 who are serving the Lord in the secular workforce. That's an incredible impact that the church is having. We've raised up 50 equipped, trained, educated, basically pastors in training to send out all over the world. Now I, I'm a firm believer in, their, in, in our internship program because I was one actually back in 2000. That's where I got my start here at Grace Bible Church. I was Brian's intern in the college ministry. That's where I figured out that this is where I should be. That's where I set my theology in stone. That's where I grew in my understanding of how to study and teach the word of God. That was my launching pad, the internship program at Grace Bible Church. Same for Matt Morton, Trey Corey, Jamie Bryant, all three of our college pastors now come out of our internship program. We believe that's the place. That's the garden where we grow pastors for our church and for the entire world. So God has done great things through the internship program, but we wanna see him do even more. We believe he's calling us to invest more time, more resources, more staff into building our internship program to be the best it can be because we really believe it is perhaps the most strategic way we reach this world for Jesus Christ. Okay, so Vision 2011. We believe that God is calling our church this year to strengthen our foundation, to grow in maturity as Christ's disciples and to extend his grace by seeking these opportunities to multiply. That's what we believe God is calling us to do. Now, how do we make it practical for each of us? Let me close by just giving you a a few practical steps about how you can begin to live out this vision that God has given our church for 2011. Uh, What in particular you can be doing first, uh, I would just remind you again and ask you again, please be in prayer. We really believe that only God can accomplish the vision he's given us. We really believe that if it's not for God's help and God's protection, we're toast. We've been here for 45 years. We could end tomorrow if God doesn't keep us and sustain us. So please be in prayer. Please be lifting up the leaders, the elders, the deacons, the staff. Please be lifting up everyone here. Pray that God will protect us and grow us so that we can honor him. Second, I want to challenge you to give. I want to challenge you to think about what you can be giving. Now, you may already be giving sacrificially to the church. That's great. You don't need to do anything more than that. But for those of you who, who have not yet begun to do that, I want to encourage you. Vision 2011 is an opportunity for you to make an eternal impact here at Grace Bible Church through Grace Bible Church, and you can do so by giving. If you give to the general fund, that helps support the Pay It Forward campaign. Everything given to the general fund that is above expenses, we're going to dedicate part of that to pay it forward. If you give to the general fund, you're also giving towards the effort to build portable buildings. That's where the money will come, the couple hundred thousand we need to add portables here and at Anderson. If you feel called by God to give towards debt retirement, if that's really what you'd like to do, then you can write a check to Grace Bible Church, but just put debt retirement in the memo line. 100% of what you give will go to paying the principal on that loan. So if you'd like to join with us in paying that down, that would be an excellent way. So I encourage you to give. Again, it's it's not because God needs our money. He doesn't. He's always proven faithful. He owns everything. Uh, I encourage you to give as an act of worship as an act of investment in what God is going to do through Grace Bible Church. It's an opportunity to join into the work that God has been doing here for 45 years. Finally, number three, I encourage each and every one of us to take this state of the church address opportunity to examine ourselves. If the reason that the church is in existence is to raise up disciples, maturing and multiplying worshipers of Jesus Christ, then I would ask you, are you a disciple? Are you maturing and multiplying? Are you worshiping God? Do do you know God? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the dead? Have you entered into a relationship with God through faith? If you have, then you have begun the path of discipleship. But I would ask you, where are you on that path? What are the areas of your life where you're not really imitating Jesus Christ? Maybe it's, it's sin. Maybe it's sin that no one else knows about. Only you know about it, but you know that Jesus knows too and that it doesn't please him. Is there some area of sin that 2011 will be the year that you set that aside? Or is there some area of your life that you've simply not given to God? It's something you've reserved for yourself, something that you want. Maybe 2011 is when you finally lay that on the altar to the Lord and dedicate that to him or maybe you're growing in maturity, maybe the issue for you is multiplying. Are you multiplying your life in the lives of others? Maybe it's the lives of your kids. Are you intentionally discipling your children? Again, later this summer, we'll help you learn how to do that, but are you intentionally investing in them? Are you investing in your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors? Are you passing on what God has given you? That's what God is calling us to do. Now let's close by turning to the Lord, first of all in thankfulness for his faithfulness, but then praying that he will help us to move forward in the steps that he's called our church to take. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that this morning, as we talk about Grace Bible Church, we get to celebrate your faithfulness in the past. Lord, it is no small thing that you have provided for us, protected us, sustained us, and directed us for 45 years. That's a long period of time where you have been absolutely faithful to us. Thank you for the gift of your grace and your son. Thank you for your gifts on a weekly basis, Lord, that you keep us uh, running, that you provide money, you provide staff, you provide protection, you provide everything we need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you have done that. And thank you, Lord, that you have given us direction. You've given our elders a clear sense of your vision for our future. Thank you, Lord, that you, you don't delight to leave us in the dark. You delight to open our eyes, to see the steps that you want us to take. Father, thank you for giving us a clear sense of where you're leading our church. We pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength to follow your will. We pray that you would make us willing, that we would walk after your son. We pray that 2011 would be a year of incredible growth in our maturity. We really pray, Lord, that for every person here at Grace Bible Church, that you would mature us in significant ways this year. And we pray that it would be a significant year of multiplication. Please, Lord, as you see fit, for the benefit of your glory, Lord, we pray that you would use Grace Bible Church to reach this world. As you see fit, we pray that you would provide for us financially for the future. We pray that you would help us to speak our message broadly, that you would use it to your glory. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to bless our internship program. Lord, protect and watch over our interns. As we have 12 joining us next year, Lord, work in the lives of each and every one of them to grow them to be the future leaders of this world and of your church. Thank you, Lord, so much for all that you've done. It is a privilege to be able to see you work through us. Please claim each of our lives. Help us to walk with you in faithfulness and truth for the glory of your son, Jesus. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.